morning and welcome to Talking Books. Um, last year, I, I think it, I was browsing in Brendan Books and, and having a chat with Lionel Ward, the owner there, you know, our favourite independent bookshop in Bath Place in Taunton, um, when the owner, Lionel, introduced me suddenly to my guest today, who is Candy Atkins. Now, Candy is the daughter of World War II flying ace. I think it's fair enough to call her that, oh, isn't it? Definitely. So, World yes. War II flying ace, Jackie Mogridge. Um, whose life is described in her own words in the fabulous book Spitfire Girl. Now, Jackie died in 2004, is that right? Yes, yeah. it is. But Candy's working hard to make sure we know what an impact her mother's work had in the war effort because there was a lack of acknowledgement, really, and still is a lack of acknowledgement yes. from the establishment. And she hopes to inspire a whole generation of young girls to follow in her mother's footsteps and to break into what is a very male-dominated career of flying being a pilot commercial or whatever um so welcome cindy candy everyone does it everyone does it um, yes absolutely that would have been her absolute mission in life was to forward women in the world of aviation because she had to battle so hard herself I mean, she started very young. Um, yes, not tell in, us, yes, t- tell us yes. a little bit about her background. Cause Thinking about flying, she just um, had two big older stepbrothers, actually, who used to tease her and call her all the time sissy. She was very thin, she was very short, she was, she was very gangly. She said she was ugly, um, and she just thought, oh, I'll show them, I'll show them. She saw a plane flying overhead, and she thought, oh, I'll go up there, no one will be able to see me, and, <laughs> and oh, I'll show. And she was a bit of a tomboy, yes. and um, she always suckered her bicycle everywhere, and she loved wearing trousers, and she um, thought... Um, I'll show them. And she went on an, an uh, aviation course. She sent off for an aviation course in Washington by post. And she hadn't seen a plane, flown in a plane at this point. She did the course and she got the little diploma so she could show her brothers. And the funny thing is, of course, the letter, which had obviously only ever been given to men, yeah. had um, it was typed on a typewriter and it had crossings out where they'd put he and changed it to she. Oh, They'd added wow. the S and um, there were places where they'd forgotten to add the S. And that was really the start of, you know, the the prejudice had started. There were no women doing the aviation course. Um, But this wasn't enough. She showed them and they said, yeah, but you haven't been up in a plane. You haven't been up in a plane. So on her 15th birthday, her mother took her up in a for a flight. And she said she was terrified and she threw up because, and she always has, she said, if I don't drive or fly the plane, I'm I'm sick. So um, it wasn't a good first, start however her mum took her up again and uh, she absolutely loved it and she just got the bug and at that point she cycled to the aerodrome every day she took up flying lessons and decided that she wanted to be the first woman in um, Johannesburg to do a parachute jump so that was her mission but of course they didn't have any clothes for for women women. so she had to wear the men's boots and the men's flying how old was she then she was 15 oh she's 15 that's remarkable and she said um I'll go up and um and of course the parachute didn't open properly she wasn't weighted properly she didn't have the right clothes the right boots that fitted and she broke her ankle oh no and some um horses that were playing uh, they were playing polo came and had a look where she landed but it didn't faze her she thought she'd do it again um you must have had a pretty remarkable grandmother as well actually I, to be well yes so I think granny was amazing in that 
but her father, her mum's father had died before she oh, was right. born when she, when he was pregnant. She, he died of pneumonia. Oh, right. And so he had left her a little bit of money, which Granny very, you know, sort of, she said, I do have to thank my mother for that. She said, I could use the money to actually go to aeronautical college and they didn't have any oh, in South right. Africa. So she came to Oxford in England. Yes. Fabulous. I mean, it's such a wonderful story, isn't it? The yeah. the, the fact that she, she, it wasn't even the war that, that she, even before no, the before. war, she'd been absolutely yes. fascinated. Yes, determined, I say. Yes. And she always said, I had to work so hard at Oxford Aeronautical College that I, I needed to get 100% in exams because I was a woman and I had to prove they wouldn't believe yes. I could do it if I and didn't do well. she was tiny, well. wasn't she? Yes. Petite, really petite really when petite. you see descriptions of her. So yes. it wasn't as if she was able to stand up to them no. physically in no. a way. <laughs> no. No, she didn't um but she worked she said if I could do it she said if I could work I said I was never good at maths I was never good at school she said I had to work hard and she said if I could conquer the maths that you had to have for flying she yes. said anyone can should you just have to believe in it yes and sometimes work it, hard yes if mm. you if you're actually focused so much yes. on and, and determined yes. and she brought um, us all up to, to feel something. you could achieve anything if you yes. wanted it Enough. enough you yeah. could achieve it there was no limit to your aspirations um your ambition she always thought well why can't you why shouldn't you if you want to be prime minister go for it there was never a oh i couldn't do that no yeah. no I mean, and that's a great um that's a great uh a feeling to have and and to impart to to younger members of the family as well so as yes. a mother she must have been really inspirational she was yes she was yeah but the the, the her work in the war because 1939, how old yes. was she in 1939 when war broke out? Yes, she was, well, she was 19, just 18, 19. So right. she had only had a year at Aeronautical College and then war broke out. And her mum sent a letter saying, you come home immediately. I've said, I've got you a passage on a, bo- on a boat, come straight away. Yes. And she said, no, no, I've applied to the RAF to fly in the war. <laughs> and her diaries are all, I'm waiting to hear back, I'm waiting to hear back. And of course, the answer was, we don't take women to fly in the RAF. Yes. So she joined the WAF um, and she then ended up um, in in the um, doing the radar um, for um, she didn't know they'd sent her to a building and they, it was all hush hush and she wasn't allowed to tell anyone what she was doing and they all got assessed looking at these little green dots on a screen and of course then found out eventually that she was doing radar she watched the battle of britain on a screen wow. and she said the most poignant thing was when you watched the the dots come together and then one would come down disappear and the other would go back towards germany and you oh, knew you'd yeah, lost yeah. someone so poignant in her book yes absolutely i mean the is that is that spitfire girl when she describes it in yes, spitfire girl because you, you, you know the you can dip into that yes. can't you in lots and there's some there's something remarkable happening yes. almost but that's the war on every it? page yeah. yes and it was i mean it was called the air transport auxiliary, auxiliary yes. what the letter she was came, part of yes they ca- it came while she was doing the radar and you imagine her excitement when it said please report to this aerodrome for a flight test Ooh, wow! and that was it she was in and she was number 15 ferry pool and she was girl number 15 right so um there were actually 130 women who flew in the ata and um eventually and uh, you know at long last they sort of were desperate At, at first the ata was the um, air transport auxiliary, or they used to term it um, ancient and tired airmen, <laughs> because it was the men who obviously were too 
considered too old to fly the planes or they had a you know sight problems or something to yeah. fly the fighters but they needed people to take the um, fighter planes from the factories straight to the aerodromes where the fighter pilots were waiting mm. for them mm. so they just enrolled every man they could find until they ran out of the men mm. and then thought well, anyone, anyone who can fly, please come and join us. And that allowed people like my mother to actually join. Of course, she was thrown in with a lot of society ladies because in those days, the only women women who could fly really were the ladies who had the money to learn to fly on their private estates. Yes. Uh, but mummy, of course, had determined to learn to fly and was working towards commercial airline pilots. So she actually had the qualifications Yes. and got in and was thrilled to be so able there to were fly. there were 130 women so eventually. That, that isn't that isn't a lot no. actually eventually is it? and the turnover of the aircraft was huge wasn't it yes obviously they often of the... they often flew five different aircraft a day mm. and a lot of them were single seaters so you, you couldn't be trained on them with someone now this is remarkable yes. when you were telling me Amazing. this i was thinking you go up there yeah. with like a how-to book yes and they had a little book well a little book of a page like postcards a page a day a page a plane yes and they had to take that with them wherever they went they never knew which plane they were getting into next and of course they'd need to know the um flight the air strip lengths and the timings and the you know take off yes of course and they didn't have any um they weren't allowed to use the radios they had no communication with the ground they had to fly by map and compass yes and they used to follow the trains and the rivers and they called it black bradshawing because so they could get to the to where they had to go um and of course if the fog came down they weren't allowed to fly and of course this is what happened with Amy Johnson, of course, because yes. the fog, she did take off in the fog um, against all warnings. But yes. I think by this point, Amy had flown so much, she felt invincible. Um, yes. And of course, you know, she ended up in the Thames off course. But my mother had spent a lovely five days with her in Cardiff where they were grounded from bad weather. And yes. um, she always remembered that. And Amy taking her off to buy silk underwear, which my mother was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't made from parachutes. I sort of imagined well, the silk no, underwear, was not, not like her wedding dress. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, it's terrific. And um, when we were having a, a discussion about this, um, there there were huge challenges, weren't there? It's like you were saying; it's not not just confined to the fact that a letter was written as as if it was going to be received by a mail. There was actually mm-hmm. no equipment or facilities at all for women. No, um, and in fact, it was quite funny when she got into her first Spitfire, uh, which of course they all waited for with nerves and dread and fear yes. and longing. Yes. Um, she said, "Oh, that, she said, oh, there's a little funnel here." She said, "What's that for? Is that to be sick?" And the man said, "That's for gentlemen um, pilots, madam." And she thought, <laughs> oh, right, okay. And no, there were no facilities for women at all, and in fact. You know, they didn't have that facility on a plane. They had to no. just hold it for yeah, the whole journey. Absolutely. And it was very cold up there. I've got her thick gloves, very thick gloves and flying jackets. And they were freezing up there. Yes. They just flew for hours. Um, but she... Um, but, I mean, the, the, you, we were talking about how the... the um, uh, the fact that they were terrified that they mustn't crash a plane either because oh, because they like, were women yes and like, like today they... we go on about women drivers quite erroneously of mm, course absolutely it was then, the same for flying yes they felt you know they all said in fact they were very much of an ilk when i met them at the reunion and um they've all said well we wouldn't dare crash a plane because if we crashed a plane it would be oh woman pilots yes not 
not well, not something the men didn't have to cope with. If they crashed a plane, it was just oh, well, you well, know, the plane was faulty. Yeah. As long as they came, as long as yeah, they came the out of it safely, the women were terrified they might crash because yes. of the name. They're giving women a bad name in flying yes. because they were, were were you know the pioneers of making a point. There was a huge pride in being part of this band oh, of women as well, was, wasn't there? Yes, there was, and they also saw it as their job, and they got on with it, mm. um, and they literally felt you know so there was wonderful time of their life they felt so privileged to be flying all these different planes and to be allowed to um and of course after the war when the war ended they were just chucked out it was finished it was thank you but goodbye and it was kept very hush hush that the women had even flown and a lot of them went straight back to be um you know housewives mothers my mother didn't because she trained and she wasn't going to waste it It was expensive training she wasn't going to waste it but it was difficult to get jobs so she she was very bitter about the war ending with such ignominy really and she put in her little rhyme she said you're out they say when war is won we know of all the work you've done but men must work and women weep and women say yes, like a lot of sheep. Forty-five, oh, <laughs> but it was the same. I mean, my book's about the Great War, and yes. after the Great War, when women had made such a huge yeah. contribution yeah. to the war effort, they were literally told, "Oh, you in can't fact, work anymore." They were vilified in the press if they wanted to keep their jobs Absolutely. because they were taking them from the men coming back from the front. Oh, oh my mother was. It was too, ever thus. Even, that, even then, in nineteen forty-five, it was. She wrote a poem to a magazine about you know being told off by other women really for um working when she had a child and a husband and um you know some the answer reply to the letter was sort of well as far as i'm concerned women shouldn't shouldn't work at all um and for 15 years if they have a husband and a child you know otherwise they should be childless yes Mm -hmm. i mean and often women if they wanted to pursue a career simply couldn't be married and have children at all no and they lost their career yes if they they were oh mummy didn't tell anyone she was pregnant when she was flying she just flew she flew right up to i when i was born you must but you must tell us first of all that what lovely story of how she used to get letters to your oh yes. your father well, my 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 mother met my husband in the war and he was in the army she was obviously in the um ata and uh, they met at a dance but um to keep corresponding um my mother used to send le- a letter or a note wrapped to a bar of chocolate because if you were a pilot you got extra rations of chocolate because they always said if you had a headache um and you ate a piece of chocolate had a cup of coffee um and it didn't go you couldn't fly because you weren't allowed to take any medicine you couldn't right. take a headache tablet because you're not allowed to fly if you take medicine and um so she had extra rations of chocolate. So she used to wrap the, the note around the chocolate, drop it out the plane, because, of course, they, they were open, yes. and um, over his barracks and say, um, please, to the finder, if, if you get this, please eat the chocolate, but please deliver the note to... It was Captain Mogridge at the time. Then. Yes. Yeah, and he always got them. He got the letters. Yeah. That's what's so yeah. remarkable, is it? That, I think you in know. wartime, people were very, very sp- clever, you know, and, at delivering letters, and they knew how important they were... In yes and that, that time yes to have that contact yeah. with someone that maybe you wouldn't see for years because no. there were times when they didn't see each other for years no. daddy they? was sent to india for two years and he insisted they got engaged before he went mummy wasn't so sure actually <laughs> <laughs> and um yes they kept they corresponded every day and if my father didn't get a letter within two days he wrote in his diary i'm really worried i haven't heard from jackie um i'm going to ring england from india and that was quite a thing if i don't get one tomorrow because what she was doing was tremendous tremendously dangerous yes. wasn't it it wasn't 
happens as if she was uh, in sort of sitting at home no, waiting for him. The it fact was... that they weren't allowed to use the radio was in case they were spotted by yes. um, a German plane. But they could have been shot down at any point. If a p- German plane was over England, uh, it would have shot at them. They yes. had no defence. They yes. had no guns. Yeah, and presumably they didn't have the training in the in the fighter the no. manoeuvring and no, whatever. They it is. weren't fighter pilots. They were pilots. They were yeah. taking planes from factory. And the other danger was, of course, they came straight out of the factory. Yes. So they were really, you know, although they were tested supposedly, mm. you didn't know what was wrong with the plane you were in. In fact, my mother's a lovely book that my mother has with all different planes in it. And I was looking at it, and I realised she'd put annotations on each plane she'd flown, and one of them she'd put. A nice plane, but bits tended to fall off it occasionally. <laughs> so that's what it was like. You know, she has landed with no undercarriage a couple of times. Yes, yeah. yes. And I, sur- the plane survived. Yes, mm. I mean, certainly the skill was there. The it's skill just was the, there. Yes, definitely. Did they lose any of the women at all yes, during the war? they did. They did. Some lot got yeah. lost. I mean, oh, 88 pilots were lost. There was yes. quite a few that were lost, but... Um, it was they were needed so badly yes. and it was an amazing um job that was not remembered sort of after the war no. and in fact my mother then went on to to do um to, she she ferried the spitfires to burma yes. um because she was a spitfire pilot three mm-hmm. men and herself four of them and those were the spitfires they thought they'd found in the news last year oh, right um but of course uh it was inc- that was incredibly dangerous mm-hmm. too because they were flying um Syria was at war, where there was Iran and Iraq. Iran was friendly, Iraq wasn't. They had to fly over Turkey and they had to land at various, like Ladakh and um, Rangoon and they had to all, all the way between the borders. And if you found that you... If your plane was stuttering and you had you had a false landing, you, you were over desert and you didn't know because you were flying across the along the border whether you were going to land in Iran, friendly oh. or Iraq, mm. enemy. And of course, she also was a woman in yes. those countries to be picked up, and absolutely so brave because so terrifying. And in fact, they did have to land mm. in the desert. But I'm not going to tell you what happens because it's in the book. Yes, I mean, we are all the time, all the time we're talking about this remarkable story. We do have to remind people that it's in her own words as well, yes. isn't and it? So it's I think very direct. They republished it um, last year and because they said to me, we'd like to publish it because it's one of the books that were written at, near, at the time. Yes. Whereas the other people are remembering it now and writing about it. She actually wrote it at the time. And yes. it is very poignant that of also of the class systems at the time, yeah. of the um, prejudices at the time, um, not only for women, but also for um, accents. Yes. Um, she, she says, I, I realised that an accent when I came to England was not a good thing. <laughs> and she said, and some accents were worse than others. And I found out a South African accent wasn't so bad. You know, um, and she had yes. to learn the class systems in England and at the time yes. and the prejudices for Jews even you know everything is she covers it all in her book and I think it's very they've actually the Imperial War Museum have put her book in a time capsule oh fabulous they asked if they could because she has represented um, a woman of of that time Mm. and they said people in the future will not understand how difficult Mm. it was for a woman Mm. to fly in Mm. those days they Mm. won't understand it I I, I think it's that it's called Spitfire Girl and it's by Jackie Moggridge so we mustn't get confused 
confused when we're talking to Candy here um, because I was thinking to start with, oh yes, it's by Candy, but it's not. It's actually no, no, by written your by mom. my mother, word for word. She mm. it was the hardest thing she's ever done yes. <laughs> because you've written a book. You must yes. know that <laughs> she said you write things down and they come back to you and they cross things out. They yes. make you rewrite. Oh, them. I've just had the first oh. edits back on the on my yes. next book, and you're thinking. Yes. really <laughs> yes I know she said never again although she had really another book inside her yes. it only takes her us up to the the war and then doesn't mention her becoming the first woman airline captain no. because at that point she hadn't been no. um but when did she get the the RAF wings what oh RAF yes that wings? was that was um five years after the war she did five years with the RAF um voluntary reserves and she was flying with them and that in, enabled her then to apply for her RAF wings only five women got them yes. Jean Lennox Bird was the pioneer for them she was the first woman to get them um, and then the five of them got the uh, got them over the next few years but mm. only five um, and that was kept very hush she was immensely mm. proud of that mm. and it was kept hush and you know when the RAF actually did start taking women RAF pilots for their full wings in 1994 and they wrote and said here's the first women who to have RAF wings and actually it wasn't true my mother and the five of them had all got them yes um and which the times then when we wrote to them acknowledged yes but the RAF don't but it's remember the RAF, they isn't don't it? remember no and, and, and you thought they'd have been proud well, you would, but wasn't there some, I think you were telling me that people would have been worried had they known that women oh, were yes. flying? Well, when, when she was flying, she was flying for Channel Airways as a, an airline captain and she was taking passengers on holiday to Jersey, yes, the Channel Yes, because she continued Islands, her Jersey. career for many years yes, after the war, did. didn't she? she did. She battled to keep it going. Mm. I think the only reason she got jobs really was because she was cheaper than the men because oh. women didn't get paid the same. They did, funnily enough, in the ATA, they got paid the same because Pauline Gower had fought for that. They got equal pay in the ATA. They needed them, didn't they? They they did. But the minute that was over, they went back to being like all women who didn't earn the same as men anywhere. It was Mm. was the law. Women got paid a third third less than the men. So she was cheaper. But in a way, although she was furious about that, I think in a way that gave her the work because Mm. why would you employ a woman unless she's cheaper? (laughs) Because men, you know, people were frightened. Well, employers were frightened that passengers would be worried if they heard a woman at the controls. Yes. So she wasn't allowed to speak and do the welcome speech. It was her first officer had to do that in case yeah. the passengers were nervous. You still don't hear women pilots. No. If, I mean, I don't fly very well, much. Well, there's, there's not many, and that's the problem. That That's why I'm trying to promote my mother's book, because she was so... Um, she so wanted to embrace more women into aviation and I was sitting next to um, an airline captain for EasyJet and she said um, she's they send her into schools to talk to children because now there's still not the equality of women. There's mm. not um, the amounts aren't equal of women pilots and men pilots. Whereas there are lawyers are equal, doctors probably more women doctors, yeah. but yeah. that those those have evened out. But still, aviation. There aren't many women, there aren't many schoolgirls thinking, I want to be a pilot. And why mm. not? It's because there's no, I don't think there's no any heroines to copy. There's no television programs about airline pilots who are women. There's no... I, yes, it was a marvellous idea, sort yeah. of have call the pilot instead of call the midwife. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because 
you know, and also look how many um, forensic scientists now there are mm. because of the programmes. There's nothing that, that is sort of showing women in positions in aviation. For because we've almost jumped, haven't we? Straight, you have you have um, Tim up in the uh, being an astronaut in the space station, yes. really encouraging girls to be just as 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 um, Ad- fascinated by yeah. science and adventures as you say. Yeah. And yet there's this whole gap in the middle. No. Like, well, you could get in a plane. That would be yes. a start. Yes. You know, it's this feeling. Oh, my of... mother was fascinated by that. Rocket, yes. space, anything. It was her, probably the next adventure. Mm. Um, she wanted to be... on the space shuttle. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, she, was, she wanted to be the first woman to break the sound barrier for Britain. Oh, yes. And she campaigned for that for five years. But, of course, Britain Air Ministry is so slow and so lax and so behind they didn't support her they wouldn't give her the jet to fly and she wrote to the duke of edinburgh she wrote to the air ministry she got passed from one to the other and no one would release the jet and they did eventually uh i have a lovely picture of her in a meteor jet but of course not in time because mm. jacqueline cochran of america was trying and so was um madame Oriel in france and britain didn't seem to understand that there was my mum ready to do it for britain yes but they didn't see that as an important thing. Then they had men, other other people that needed the jets more. And, of course, in the end, Jacqueline Cochran got the honour of yes. being the first woman to break the sound barrier. Yeah, I know. It must have been such a frustration to I have her. all the letters and the... She tried so hard for so long. But yes. you can't, in the end, you can't battle... The no, the bureaucracy the and the, who were all men and of course, yeah, and, and, and were possibly rather threatened. I mm. mean, I mean, there is this element of feeling right. We let one in, maybe we'll, we'll get yeah. more. <laughs> yes, um, of course, we've been to coffee parties where we've met, you know, RAF older RAF people yeah. who, you know, I've excitedly said, "Oh, my mum, my mum flew in the RAF. She's got mm. her RAF wings." And my husband is witness to this. He can't believe it. The gentleman actually said, "Well, dear." The women didn't get full wings. They only got half wings. They're there. And I thought, no, five of them did. And, you know, it's all brushed under the carpet. Well, there's definitely another book in it. I mean, don't you ever feel like you want to write the story of her? I do. I do. I feel feel, feel that it needs to be out there. Yes. The second half of her life. Yes. Really. Yes. Yes. If you could, well, there's always time. There's always time. (laughs) Um, because it is actually something that if a if a young person read it from start to finish, it's a life of great adventure, isn't it? I mean, it is. Oh, it is. And she still managed to have a family and a. Yes. You know, she's. And when I, she's I, a start, I do woman. talks about her, and I started with just listing for the first PowerPoint sheet, listing some of the firsts that she'd done, mm. and I had to make the font smaller and smaller to get them all in onto one yes. PowerPoint page. And I I thought, my goodness, I'd be satisfied with any one of those yes. first parachute jump you know um to be in the RAF to get her RAF wings to to get the Jean Lennox Bird trophy for amazing amazing yes. aviation to be woman pilot was it Jean Lennox year. Bird who joined the um, yes. RAF club yes she she was wonderful she um she pioneered for them to get women to get their RAF wings and then of course when she had her RAF wings um she applied to the RAF club in Piccadilly to um to be to become a member but she left her gender off and they said flying officer x and when they found out she was a woman they kicked her out because you weren't allowed women in the RAF club they weren't allowed to be members despite whether you could fly or had your RAF wings or anything like that you weren't allowed because you were a woman because you were a woman so there was a I've got this wonderful 
press article at the time that says who is flying officer x and the, the spoof that one of the women who had their raf wings had tried to co- tried to enter the raf club and they listed the five women and rang them all up and said only five women have their raf wings and we've contacted them to see if it was them and uh, apparently they got a hold of Jean lennox bird's mother who said I'm not allowed to say anything, but I've had people calling all day. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, it's just a fabulous story. And I'd love to have you back on again to talk about it some more. But I, I did say, didn't I, the yes. time just flies by. And you've chosen a really wonderful piece of music to end with. Yes. And there's a really good reason why you've chosen it. So I there want is. to give you time to just the, tell the that The reason I chose it was because um, it's got the words. It's a, uh, I had a dream. Um, I had a dream by ABBA. And that's what my mother had, a dream from a little girl. And in fact, before she even knew she was going to fly, when she was seven, she always said her cousin and I were, her were looking out the window and it was a, a stormy, stormy night and a plane came through between the clouds and the thunder clouds and the lightning. And she said underneath the plane was an angel. And she said it was like it was protecting the plane and she said it was like a premonition of what she was going to become. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, she did believe in angels. She was very, very um, religious um, in a lovely way. Um, and she um, was on Kilroy Silk, I believe, in angels about talking about this experience. Mm. And the words in the song, I thought, are completely. It's, it's a fabulous story, and it's a. I mean, it's a fabulous song to end with. And Candy, thank you so much for coming in thank and sharing you, it. You're an inspiration to any. You know, explaining it. You're an inspiration to any young person to get out there and have a have a go and and try hard and thank you so much yes, for coming in um, and we'll have some ABBA, thank you very much I believe in angels Something good in everything I see I believe in angels When I know the time is right for me I'll cross the street I have Yeah.